Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Coach the Coach Radio. Brought to you by the Business Radio X Ambassador Program, the no-cost business development strategy for coaches who want to spend more time serving local business clients and less time selling them. Go to brxambassador.com to learn more. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Coach the Coach Radio, and this is going to be a fun one. Today on the show, we have Rajesh Tedla with VRT Management Group. Welcome, Rajesh. Thank you, Lee. I am so excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about VRT. How are you serving folks? So VRT Management Group really predominantly serves small and medium-sized companies. So anywhere from one employee to 500 employees. That is our sweet spot. We have been serving them for the last approximately 14 years. And then and we have, what kind of work are you doing with those small to mid-sized businesses? So we predominantly do three things for them. One is strategy transformation. One is people transformation. And one is process transformation. And then how'd you get into this line of work? What's your backstory? What makes you good at that? So I basically come from predominantly a very big large Fortune 10 company, GE. That is where I spent a lot of my time. I come with a very, very varied background. I come with a mechanical engineering bachelor's degree, master's in industrial engineering, and MBA in strategy and finance. And I have worked with several different manufacturing and capital businesses where I acquired a lot of strengths. And the interesting turn was when I was with GE, we had a program where we were helping small and medium-sized companies as mentors. This was an initiative way back in 1999 by the vice president, then Al Gore. And that is where I became very fascinated with the small and medium-sized businesses. The first company I worked with in way back in 2001, in less than a few months, we could take a company which was losing money for three years and made them a profit of $1 million. And that was a huge turning point where I said, man, we have a lot of skills that we have learned which are missing in the small and the medium-sized companies. And that was the turning point when I started thinking about it. And eventually in 2008, I went back and started my full-time VRT management business. Now, um, the th- how what types of things transfer from a large enterprise like a GE to a small business? Is, I mean, is it kind of the philosophy and foundational core values? Is that what transfers or... or- because the tactics can't really, I uh, wouldn't think, transfer as well. So uh, how do you kind of attack it coming from that large enterprise background to a kind of a smaller micro business? So it's a very, very interesting question. If you go back and look at it, the systems, the processes, the knowledge, everything is very well built for the large companies. And they need to be somebody who can take those things, distill them into simple things, and really go back and bring it to the small businesses. And the part of the small business is, even if you look at a small business starting with one person all the way to 500 employees, they go through seven different distinct stages of growth within that 500 employees by the time they grow. And there are certain processes and stuff which I leverage from the big companies and then applied some to stage one, applied to stage two, some applied to stage three. And that is the expertise I bought, distilled it, to really help small and medium-sized companies. Let me give you one example. Sure. And a stage two company 
basically they have between 11 and 20 employees. And it is still focused on the business owner or the entrepreneur who started the company. But the one big thing is if he or she doesn't identify two or three key people to start developing and start delegating things, once they get into the 30 to 35 employees, they get into trouble. And that is one thing I learned. So stage two, whoever I'm working with, when they have between 11 to 20 employees, the biggest thing I advise them is, hey, have you identified one or two critical people whom you can start delegating somewhere? Now, so at, that is a distinct piece. Right. And that's a great learning uh, that you were able to pick up and then, like you say, distill it down into uh, uh, something actionable for, for that stage two company. Now, at the heart of... Um, most businesses, and I'm probably all of the businesses you work with, is to have some sort of strategic planning to make sure that they are aiming at a true north that makes sense for them culturally and what their, you know, so their expectations are so they know when they get there, right? So how do yes. you how do you help them kind of put on a strategic planning hat where a lot of people are just kind of immersed in doing the work and the strategy part really isn't at the fore? So if you go back and look at it, strategic planning can be as complicated with the big companies. It goes on for months and there are several pages to a small business where it can be a simply a one page plan. And that is the difference. piece of it. There are some wonderful, wonderful one page strategy plans available for small business to take over. But part of that piece of it is there are about five critical elements they need to think about. Every small business, in the owner's mind, they feel like they can go back and serve everybody. Yes, their product might be required by most of the customers across, but when you are a growing company, you need to be really focused on that. And the first piece I tell people is, focus on the geographic area where your customers are. Like I'm a coach. I can serve customers across anywhere. But do I have the resources to go back and market and communicate with the customers across the place? No, I cannot do that. So I need to identify where I can really go deeper and work with the customers. And next, who is my ideal customer? Because coaching is something I can serve a one-person business or a Fortune 10 company. But I really have decided and said, I'm going to work with small and medium-sized companies up to 500 employees. 90% of my revenue comes from companies within that. And if I take 60%, it comes from employees with about 35 employees to 100 employees. So I have targeted that customer segment because I can bring the most value to them. So every single business should really look at their customer base and try to narrow that to that point. That is the second piece of it from a strategy perspective. And if you look at the products and services, any startup, I would say, should not offer more than maybe two at the most three services. Because that way they can be really good at it they can really serve their customers very well and become excellent in what they do. And the third piece of it is, how do you reach them? You need to have a consistent way of communicating with your customers. We are almost like the social media plays a big role right now, but if you're not consistent in social media, then it becomes very difficult for them to go back. So they need to be consistently identifying one, two, three ways of communicating with their customers and consistently do and the last two aspects of their strategy is what is their value proposition? And then the brand promise. In the value proposition, what is the value you can expect your customers to receive from you? 
like if you go back and an example would be Uber. One of the biggest things when you think of Uber is convenience. And when you look at the brand promise, the biggest part of it, you think of it, let us say FedEx. If you think of FedEx, what do you think of? Next day delivery. If you think of Geico, spend 15 minutes and basically you would save 15%. So these are the kind of things the small businesses need to go back and really understand and build their plan around this. If you start looking at these five things, then they get a real big clarity around who they are and what their business is. And then they move into the next part of it is, what are my 12 months? In the next 12 months, what are the specific two or three goals that I need to accomplish? And they need to go back and put all of their ideas, efforts into making sure those three or two goals are accomplished. If you have more than three to four goals or five goals at the max, then you are spread so thin that it becomes very difficult for them to go after. And they would not accomplish anything else. So those are a couple of ideas from a strategy point I always tell people to go back and focus on. Now, you, in one of those points, you brought up the importance of kind of owning your backyard. Um, I, I don't think you said it in those terms, but that's what I heard you say. And, yes. and um, this show, we deal with a lot of coaches, and this is uh, we're trying to share a lot of information with coaches out there, um, other coaches, to be better. And I, and I found a lot of coaches think the world is their oyster, so the, you know any co- client can come from anywhere. And I'm, what I'm hearing you say that it, it's maybe focus in on an area that you know people in real life and then have relationships with and you can kind of have coffee with and get to know and then maybe try to start selling from there and then work your way out from that rather than take on the world and compete with every other coach on the planet as a competitor. That is exactly correct. At least in the initial stages, until you go back and get your foothold, it is always easier to work with people in a specific geographic location. And there is one caveat I would like to add is basically because of the social platforms like LinkedIn, especially LinkedIn, that is where I work. And if you have a good followers and people really trust you and believe in you, then that can be one place where you can go back and contribute because you're already having your connections and geographically they may be dispersed, but you still have a focus and a way to communicate with them. So that can be the other alternative. Now, um, I think this goes align, uh, in alignment with the philosophy of kind of rather than be a jack of all trades, be a go-to resource in one area and be kind of known for the being the person that is an expert in a niche rather than, oh, I'm just kind of a general purpose, all-around great consultant or, or a coach. Yes, that is very true. If you look at it, I focus on three things and that is what I have been doing. When I started my business in 2008, I had almost like 15 services I could offer. But as I became learning and I became smarter about it, I have three things. Strategy transformation, people transformation, and process transformation. And when and you, that is something which we are very, very good at and we can deliver that. And then when you do that, you get a depth of knowledge in that area that it's hard to compete with you because you've seen so many cases and seen so many... Um, kind of issues that people have dealt with it you truly do become an expert you truly are able to solve people's problems faster 
than if they were to do it themselves or read a book or just have a kind of a generic coach help them. You you have depth of knowledge in that space, so that makes you an expert and a go-to resource. That's a better positioning, I think. You are 100% right. That is exactly why I have so much referral business coming to me now. And because people are seeing the results and they really love what I do with them and they go back and send in their friends, their referral network. So, and that's counterintuitive to a lot of people. They think like I have to be available for everybody, but when you're available for everybody, you're really available for nobody because nobody thinks of you when that specific pain occurs. Exactly. Exactly. Very, very valid point. Basically, I would reinforce the, what you just said is basically become very good at what you do. One, two, three at the most, and then really, really become that go-to person just like what Lee was addressing, and your business will take off really well. Now, can you share a story of maybe you worked with somebody, don't name the name of the company or the individual, but explain what the challenges that they were having, they brought you in, and how you were able to kind of help them overcome that and get to a new level? So basically, I will talk about one of the customers. Basically, they were uh, approximately a million-dollar company when I met them in 2000. And Currently, they are close to $18 million. I just wanted to show the growth of the company. And in the process, they were 27 years in business when I met them first. And the founder was pretty close to retiring. And basically, she wanted to bring the son into the business. So I went there to help them transition the ownership piece of it. And as soon as the ownership of that changed, it took us two years and then slowly, now I had to implement the strategy piece of it first, then help him develop his people. Number two, because he was a growing company and there were people being added to them consistently. And third, as they went and grew into 40, 50 employees, we had to go back and develop and help them with the process transformation piece. So each one of those things took us approximately 12 years to go back and help them get them. I'm not saying that this is a long example where consistently companies grow. And the reason I share this example is there were approximately 12 employees when we started. They are pretty close to about 90 employees today. So there's a lot of change that happens through the different stages of the growth. And that's the reason why I wanted to share this example. They're very, very profitable. And right now in the next three-year plan, they want to be around $25 million. So that is how aggressively they are growing right now. And they're making some change. And if somebody if, if somebody wants to learn more about you or get on your calendar or speak to somebody on your team, is there a website for your practice? Yes. Basically, they can go to www.egosllc.com. And then that talks about your operating system that you implement when you work? Yes. Or if they want, they can directly send me an email to raj at vrt9.com. And one of the things I offer all the business owners is I offer them a one-hour complimentary session to help them understand where they are. They get a lot of value from the session. And if they're serious about their business and if they want to grow, just send an email. They can go back and give the reference of this radio show and just say strategy plan. And then definitely I will send them a meeting invite in the calendar and they will get 60 minutes of my time completely complimentary. Now, before we wrap, is there any one piece of advice you would recommend uh, or some action you would recommend an entrepreneur or small business owner take before the end of the year? 
So one thing I definitely want them to go back is really reflect on what happened this year. So let us say they grew their business by 5% or they lost their business by 20%. It doesn't matter. But really take the time to understand what worked very well for them, what did not work for them, and what are some of the changes they need. That is one piece of it from a reflection perspective. And the second piece of it is I really want them to think of two to three major goals they can go back and verify their success in 2022. So if I am a business, I set up a goal and say, by Christmas of 2022, I need to reach X dollars in sales. I need to reach X number of new customers. I need to serve X number of this. So they need to go back and look at those two or three critical metrics that can be measurable and then do a SWOT analysis. So what are my strengths to accomplish these goals and what are my weaknesses to accomplish this goal? If they identify the goals and do the SWOT analysis, identifying the strengths and weaknesses, that will give them a real, real methodology or understanding and saying, if I need to do this, these are my weaknesses. What can I do to overcome those weaknesses to accomplish them? Once they identify the weaknesses, they can start looking for the resources to really help them and accomplish their goals. So that is one exercise I tell a lot of people. Identify your goals, do your SWOT analysis, identify your weaknesses, and get the resources to go back and overcome your weaknesses. That can be done if you're a small business in two to three hours, or if you are a 200, 300 employees, it can be done in a day. Either way, I advise all the entrepreneurs and CEOs to really focus on that. Well, Raj, thank you so much for sharing your story today. One more time, the website. Website is www.egosllc.com. E-G-O-S-L-L-C.com. Raj, thank you again for sharing your story. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Thank you very much, Lee. It was a pleasure joining you and the listeners today. All right, this is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Coach the Coach Radio. Coach the Coach Radio.